We're in a battle for America's soul. Liberty is at risk. It's time to speak up. Welcome to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot. Brooke says, for years, Brooke's been behind the scenes, helping conservative leaders articulate a vision for a better America. Now, she's front and center, and the mic is hot. Here is your host, Brooke says. Hello, hello, and welcome to Brooke Talks America, where we discuss politics and culture from an unapologetically conservative America first MAGA perspective. I'm your host, Brooke Says, conservative patriot, proud, deplorable, and columnist, which you can read on the website at brooktalksamerica.com. Brooke with an E, of course. I'm here with my co-host, Colonel Jim. Make sure you connect on the social medias, Facebook, Twitter. I am on Getter if you want to follow me there as well. You can go to the website for all of those locations. If you'd like to partner with the show and be a sponsor and put your business, product, or service in front of like-minded conservative patriots and support conservative voices, check it out on the website. Or if you'd like to donate to help with the show, you can do that as well. You can listen to archived podcasts of the show on my website. And also, I'm on Captain's America Third Watch every first and third Tuesday morning at 5.30 a.m., on this station and my podcast is available on iHeartRadio, Apple, Amazon, Spotify, and Podomatic. And if you'd like to sign up to receive email alerts, go to the website, brooktalksamerica.com, Brook with an E. So that's the long intro. That's how it goes. Make sure you listen to Patrick Hyland at the Sports Zone Sundays at 11 a.m. on this station. So today is 9-11, 20 years after 9-11. It's almost unbelievable. It's... For me, it's as somber a day as Memorial Day. I, I tend to just sit there and reflect on everything and, you know, take in what's happening since then, what happened on that day and what has happened since then. And it is just unbelievable, not only just in general, but also what has happened in this past year, but what has happened in the past few weeks with Afghanistan, uh, you know, and getting out of there and the way that they did it. So keep in mind also, 9-11 is also when Benghazi happened. So I'm going to try, you know, this is a very political show. I'm going to try as much as possible to just reflect on the day without necessarily talking about politics. But we do have to remember that they were left behind on 9-11 in Benghazi, and they were left alone, left behind this time in Afghanistan as well. And it cost them their lives because the leaders did not take care of them. You see, so a lot of these things are just reality checks in the, sch- in the scheme of of what it is that we're talking about, about 9-11. But again, I don't want to really want to make it too political. I just want to reflect on where we are as a country since that horrible, unbelievable day. You know, I remember where I was when I found out. I was in between jobs, and I turned on the TV. It's not something that I generally did in the morning. It's not like I watch news every morning. I just happened to randomly turn on the TV just about that time, and I do believe that it was after the first plane hit. And it was like, what is going on? And at the time, they didn't really realize, you know, that it what it was because the second one hadn't hit. But I wanted to, you know, really know remembrance of that day can happen without following the timeline and hearing it on the news, whether you're listening to it on the radio or whether you're watching it on TV, because listening to it in real time as the people that were experiencing it, watching it, reporting on it, just it makes it that much more powerful because they were in shock. I mean, obviously, today's media is very partisan on both sides, of course, but 
That was at a time, that was a different era in the country. Maybe they were partisan, but they weren't as crazed as what they are now. And they were just reporting the facts. And that was back when CNN was actually a news channel. And they were really good. I mean, there was a time when CNN actually did news. But you listen to them talk about it, and it's as real today, as tangible today, as horrifying today as it was then. So I put a little compilation of that together. This just in, you are looking at obviously a very disturbing live shot there. That is the World Trade Center, and we have unconfirmed reports this morning that a plane has crashed into one of the towers of the World Trade Center. I just witnessed a plane that appeared to be cruising uh, slightly lower than normal altitude over New York City, and it appears to have crashed into, uh, I don't know which tower it is, but it hit directly in the middle of uh, one of the World Trade Center towers. The plane just... uh, was was uh, coming in low and the t- wingtips tilted back and forth and then it, it flattened out. It looks like it's uh, hit at a slight angle into the World Trade Center. I can see I can see flames now coming out the side of the building and smoke continues to billow. And there's more hold on just a moment. We've got an explosion inside. The building's that- exploding right now. You got people running up the street. Okay. I don't know what's going on. Okay, just uh, put put Winston on pause there for just a moment. Okay, the whole building just exploded for more. The whole top part. Okay. The building's still intact. People are running up the street. You are looking at this at this picture. It is the twin towers of the World Trade Center. Both of them being damaged by impacts from planes. We saw one happen at about maybe nine minutes before the top of the hour, and just moments ago, so maybe eighteen minutes. After the first impact, the second tower was impacted with a by another what appeared to be another passenger plane. That's absolutely inexplicable. There, there shouldn't be any aircraft in that area, much less something heading what looked like deliberately for the World Trade Center tower. We went to a high point in our building, which is on the 25th floor, and you had a clear view of the uh, both World Trade Centers, and the one tower was uh, smoking hard, and uh, there was another plane that was flying low, and we just looked at it, and before you know it, just kamikaze, boom, right into the other tower, and mass explosion, windows flying, it was horrible. I heard a big bang, and then we saw smoke coming out, and everybody started running out, and we saw the plane on the other side of the building, and there was smoke everywhere, and people are jumping out the windows. Over there, they're jumping out the windows, I guess, because they're trying to see themselves. I don't know. We also have a report now that the, it was a plane that crashed into the Pentagon, and we have a large fire at the Pentagon. The Pentagon is being evacuated as we speak. There is a lot of confusion here at the Pentagon. It appears that uh, something hit uh, the Pentagon on the outside of the fifth corridor, uh, on the Army corridor. Several Army officers I talked to reported hearing a, a big explosion, seeing shards of metal uh, uh, coming past their window. The Pentagon has been evacuated. Uh, emergency services personnel were rushing to reports of several people trapped in the building. Most of the building's 24,000 people are outside of the building or in the center courtyard uh, as the emergency teams try to sort out what has happened here. You know, I cannot see behind that smoke, but just look at that. 
That is about as frightening a scene as you will ever see. Just before 10 o'clock, parts of the building began peeling away. People started screaming. Uh, the police began yelling, run, run. And uh, thousands of people started running away from the buildings as they were falling. The front tower, the top portion of which is collapsing. Good Lord. There are no words. Everyone, I'm sure, on their minds is God rest the souls of those who've lost their lives this morning in New York, in Washington, uh, near Pittsburgh, in Pennsylvania. Um, it is just a story that, for which there are no words to describe. I was really dreading today, to tell you the truth, because it's just something that I don't want to think about. I don't want to think about the fact that on 9-12, on that day in 9-12, the country was so unified. They, there's a saying, like, you couldn't find an American flag, and now look where we are. So I just think it's important. You know, we have to just deal in reality, right? And this is the reality. The reality is that the people that tried to obliterate this country on that day are still out there, and they're in here, too. And we need to remember that freedom must always be defended. 20 years after 9-11, are we defending freedom? I want you to listen to this amazing clip of Ronald Reagan that is as timely as the first time he said it. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advance beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Let's not be those people. Let's not be those people looking back, right? Defend freedom. Defend Western civilization. That is literally what's at stake. You're listening to Brook Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, and we will be right back after the break. From my head down to my boots. I don't do it for the money, there's bills that I can't pay. I don't do it for the glory, I just do it anyway, providing for our futures. Welcome back to Brook Talks America with Brooke Says. Connect by email, info at brooktalksamerica.com. Here's Brooke Says. 
Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Colonel Jim, who is the former Deputy Director for Intelligence at U.S. Central Command. He served on the White House National Security Council and currently serves as the Hillsborough County, Florida GOP Chairman. And as I've said before, he was the first retired military officer in Florida to endorse President Trump. Now, do you need a tax repair? Do you have rental properties? Do you need worksheets to help gather your information? If so, contact Deb Snyder at 727-424-4499 or email her at debsnydertax at gmail.com. You can find her on the IRS directory of federal tax return prepares. Deb stays up to date by successfully completing the annual federal tax refresher course that covers filing season issues and tax law updates. And as always, remember to tell Brooke Sencha, and this segment is brought to you by Barely Pod Furnishings in Crystal River. Open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 3. They're a 3,000-square-foot store with unique home decor for making your house a home, including a large selection of original American art, glassware, and pottery. Get 20% off using code BTA20, and remember to tell her that Brooke Sencha. And as I mentioned before, make sure you check out Patrick Hyland at the Sports Zone Sundays at 11 a.m. on this station. So, Jim, you know, we're obviously remembering 9-11. And I mentioned earlier that we it tends to not get discussed as much, which is Benghazi. Benghazi also was on 9-11. Uh, you know, we'll get into it in a little bit, but I want to remember that. And also, as always, whether it's a natural disaster, whether it's a whatever the situation is, Animals are always involved, right? And in 9-11, it was the amazing canines, the search and rescue dogs that went in there. And remember, everybody would send them little booties to put on their feet because it was very dangerous for them. They were incredibly brave, along with all the law enforcement and the firefighters. So we want to remember our four-legged heroes on that day as well. As well, obviously, in the subsequent wars, the military working dogs, they're incredibly brave and incredibly heroic. But, you know, obviously on a day like today, it's very somber. And I I always want to be respectful of a day like today. I tend to, on 9-11, I tend to not do snark. I don't, I'm not sarcastic. You know, as I mentioned earlier, I really don't want to make this show very political. While the show itself is very political, this day is to honor them. It's to honor the follow the fallen who have been murdered and then the, the people that are in the subsequent wars. Unfortunately, the left never does that. And there are people that are on the right, so-called, like George W. Bush, who unbelievably is likening the January 6th protest of patriots against their government who they pay for to the people that did the terrorist attacks. And uh, Kamala Harris is politicizing it. And apparently Biden, I don't know why they're wearing masks, but it was a demon crew in the front in the front row at 9-11 of the Obamas. Uh, Kamala or, or Biden with the Clintons wearing their masks. But apparently he took his mask off that supposedly he's been vaccinated to yell at someone at 9-11. So that was rather bizarre, but a really good picture for the archives. But they decided to go super low, unfortunately, on this day, which is, you know, very sad, very disgusting. But I want to talk about. So I just had to mention that, obviously, because this is a political show and, and, you know, whatever. But it's very sad that they decided to do that on this day. They couldn't let this day go without talking in that fashion. I'm sorry, George W. 
besides the fact that you are a warmongering neocon, okay, and by the way, let's remember that you did cover up the Pat Tillman killing, okay, the Pat Tillman situation. Let's just say that for a fact. You're a warmongering neocon. I really don't want to hear from you on any of that, but protesting your government is not the same as flying building, flying airplanes into buildings, bringing them down and murdering 3,000 people. I'm sorry, the only person that was murdered that day was murdered by Capitol Police, and it was an unarmed Air Force veteran. So let's get that clear, because I don't want this day to go by without calling you out for that BS. And that's what it is. And you should, you're disgraceful that you would do that on this day. So anyways, Jim, but I want to talk about it because on 9-11, you know, and I mentioned this earlier on 9-11, the day after and the days after, you know, Glenn Beck talked started a movement called the 912 movement because there was a lot of disunity before that people were upset about the election obviously you know the left was happy to have clinton in there but after uh you know george was george bush was inaugurated they went crazy and they did you know they went they did what they did but we were united for a short time as a country this was an atrocity you know and i i played earlier uh, compilation of the moments that led up to the actual, the first plane, the second plane, the plane in the Pentagon, you were in the Pentagon, you know, uh, at the time it happened, and then in Shanksville, and then the, the collapse of the, the World Trade Center towers, which is just an unfathomable idea. At the time, we said, never forget. We were united as a country. I mean, some of the greatest songs have come out of that era. We were united as a country because we saw that these people wanted to destroy the country. People that hated our values, hated our freedom, hated the capitalism system and wanted to destroy it. And that's why they hit where they hit. Now, 20 years later, it's not like that at all. We actually have legitimate communists in the United States government that brag about it, okay? They call themselves socialists, but they're communists. So it appears that we didn't quite never forget. In fact, it seems that after a time, we did forget a lot. And, I, you know, I know that the... I was against the war. I, I was against the war in Iraq, but obviously we had to go into Afghanistan. And before we get into that, I want to play this clip, you know, that I know that you have heard about being worthy of their sacrifice, because what is happening this week and last week, the last few weeks is that Biden wanted to take a victory lap by getting out of Afghanistan. But the way that he did it was such a cluster that it stained the whole situation. We all wanted to get out of Afghanistan. Okay. The right, the left, we were unified in that goal. But I want to play this clip and then get into it. If I could go back and talk to that 20 year old kid who landed in Afghanistan, this is what I would tell him. I would say, thank you. Thank you for everything that you're doing because the next 20 years, you're going to keep America safe. And everyone that served in Afghanistan, we did our part. America is that beacon of hope. I'm in a very unhealthy mix of uh, betrayal, uh, grief, and rage right now. Uh, and, and, and those feelings are understandable. But I want them to hear me loud and clear. Veterans, Gold Star families, victims of 9-11, their sacrifices were not in vain. 
A whole generation of Americans have grown up not worried about planes flying into buildings, not worried about suicide bombers on school buses. Uh, they've grown up in safety, uh, and that sacrifice was worth it. But if you're struggling, if you're struggling with all of this, please call somebody. Uh, there are hotlines out there. Use them. You're not alone. There are those coming home under flag-draped caskets, and there are those coming home with serious and grave injuries. The one thing that can never be taken away from any of them is the service that they gave. The service that they gave to those that stood shoulder to shoulder with them, their fellow Marines, those that were holding the wire, the interpreters and other SIVs that they were fighting to get out, the Americans that they were fighting to get out, they gave everything that they could because of those that they believed in and the commitment they had to their people to their left and right. That's why we do what we do in combat. And that will never fade away. Their sacrifice was not in vain. It wasn't, okay? It kept this country safe for 20 years. And it's because we've had brave people that have been willing to give their life and limb over there in Afghanistan. Thank you to all the brave men and women that served over there. And, and you know, and I want to reiterate that, you know, their service and their sacrifice was not in vain. Uh, but I also want to let them know I'm just as disgusted as they are about the way we're leaving this and the way we're getting out of there. It's absolutely horrific and embarrassing. I could probably list by name about 75 reasons why Afghanistan was personal to me. And I wear the names of a number of them on my wrist. Those are all very, very personal reasons about why what goes on in Afghanistan matters to me personally. The message to the Gold Star families, those who have lost loved ones, those who have been wounded and their families, we did our jobs. We did our jobs for 20 years. The only thing that you can say is be proud of the job that you did. This is not political. This is personal, and it's about Americans. It's personal for all those of us who have served there, and it's personal for everybody who knows somebody who has too. I wear this uh, for a Staff Sergeant Matt Pacino, uh, one of the Green Berets that I didn't bring home. Uh, I was his commander. He was my responsibility. Uh, Matt took point on every single mission that we uh, that that we went out on. Uh, the Taliban went old school on their tactics. Uh, they went to tripwires on their IEDs, uh, and rather than ride in an armored vehicle, Matt went out front on a motorcycle so that he could be close to the ground and he could see the tripwires. I asked him about it one day. I said, Matt. Yeah, you're pushing your luck, brother. You know, every single mission you're doing this. He said, you know what? If I miss one, I want it to get just me, not my five brothers in the vehicle behind me. That's the kind of people uh, and that's the kind of mentality uh, of, of our Green Berets and our special operators and our veterans. Uh, so I wear this every day. Uh, I put it on uh, before I step into the Capitol and I tell myself to be worthy, right? Uh, for everything we do and every American, that's my challenge to them, is be worthy of the sacrifice uh, that allows us to breathe free air every day and be worthy of the men and women that are out there right now keeping us all safe and free. So, Jim, you heard the clip, you know, and there there's a lot of 
consternation, rights, rightfully so, both what, af- what happened in Afghanistan, what is happening now. A lot of veterans are saying, what was it worth it? What did I do? What did we sacrifice? So much blood and treasure, whether it's gold star families, whether it's people who've been wounded, whether it's people who deployed multiple times, but then went over, you know, deployed multiple times and then came home and lost the battle at home. You know, do you see it the way that they, that they, the, you know, that's Michael Waltz from Florida and the other veterans said that it was not in vain based on where we are now? You know, like each of them said, there's a personal side to it. And as a military member and a, and, a, and now a veteran, I approach it from the standpoint, we did what we did because that's what we signed up to do. And at the time, we did it because we were defending our country. We were defending, we were attacked. We were attacked on 9-11. And the whole effort was to quickly counter that and and protect the country and we we did what we had to do um with regard to that i think what we're now seeing and you touched on it with regard to george w bush this is this is the radical left changing the narrative yes changing the narrative calling the january 6 protesters Yes, they were protesters under the Constitution, under what made us great as a country was the ability for people to have a voice. Mm-hmm. And if they are, you know, unhappy with the way the government is, they have a right to 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 say something about it. They and pay we, for the government. Exactly. <laughs> you know, the Constitution says if if we don't like a tyrannical government, we can get rid of it. Yeah. We can do that. What we're seeing now is such a radical shift that came about with the current regime that people are, were upset. They were upset over the election, how the results were, ta- were handled. They were, res- they were, were, were upset with, with Biden and his approach and his attitude and they protested. We can protest. There's nothing wrong with that. But to, to, to equate American citizens who love mm-hmm. this country, who love the Constitution, who will do it again to support and defend the Constitution, to call them or equate them to the same thing as the Taliban is, is disgusting and despicable. And I don't even think it's them speaking. They have been so indoctrinated by the radical left they're just going along with with that narrative you know and that's the narrative that really started to come out during obama mm-hmm. uh, and i'm not being political i'm being factual it we saw facts. what obama we yeah. saw what obama was about he we're was now seeing device, divisive you know and i and i think what people really saw what were the real problem that the left has is is what donald trump exposed mm-hmm. keyword Exposed. He exposed who they were. And now they are exposing themselves. And that's what's creating the, the divisiveness, the division. It's not the American people who are, who are being, uh, divisive per se. Some of them on the left, obviously, because they support what's going on. But it's the Americans who are now have witnessed 
what, what's been exposed, what's going on. They're witness to what went on in Afghanistan, how the withdrawal was handled. They're witnessing how the virus, the coronavirus was handled. All this is being exposed, and you can see politically people who were Democrats leaving their party, independents want, becoming more conservative. So there, there is now a movement. But the left, the communists, are pushing back. So what they have to do is their only recourse is to come out and say, okay, those people who did what they did on January 6th, they're no better than the Taliban. What we're seeing is they're trying to redefine, and if they have to throw Americans under the bus who were patriotic, were loyal, and would die for their country, they don't want that. They want they want to indoctrinate Americans to be what we see in, you know, communist countries where you are going to obey and be in lockstep with what the government wants. And this is now we're seeing Americans pushing back. Yeah. And not only that, but so that we, we have been in the global war on terrorism for the past 20 years. And what they want to do is take it to the domestic war on terrorism because they, they look at us as the same. And it's not because of January 6th. It's because we voted for Trump. And again, I don't want to make this political, but we do have to make this point. Here's the thing. George W. Bush never said anything, not one peep about Obama or the Democrats or anybody else. He didn't say anything when they were trashing him and destroying him. The only time he came out and said anything was after Trump started running for office and Trump was elected to, uh, you know, as president. The globalists are fighting back, and that's really what it is. And they they want perpetual war. Let's just be honest about that. Okay, so we're talking about 9-11. It's a good excuse to go to war. They want perpetual war. They don't want it to stop. And they don't want uh, it appears, this is the sad part, Jim, it appears that the people that we elect that tell us, give you, give us your money, give us your vote, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll do what you want, right? As free citizens, here's the reality. We are not serfs. We are not subjects. We are citizens. They work for us. Not a dollar or a dime comes from anybody but us. They work for us and they have all forgotten that. They're so angry. They're so angry that we deigned to vote for someone like Donald Trump who wasn't in the clique and wasn't in the club. That, that now they want to turn their ire on us. And to take a day like today and to do something like that is absolutely disgusting. And that George Bush, who started the war in Iraq, for whatever purposes are totally fraudulent for him to come out and say something like that on this day. I'm sorry. I just, my ire is up and I'm making it political, but he dishonors their sacrifice. He started that war. He dishonors their memory. He dishonors their sacrifice. Those are patriots that went in there. That was an air force veteran. She wasn't even armed and she was murdered. Okay. So did he come out and say anything about the, about the, the riots last year? No, he didn't say a word. This is what we're dealing with. And again, this is part of never forget. And this is part on the right. The right needs to understand who they're dealing with. Right. I know you're, you're the, you know, you're a conservative. You're the chair of the Republican party. And I'm not talking about locally, but the whole, the whole enchilada, the whole system, right? This is what we were supposed to be fighting against the, Enemies, uh, uh, foreign enemies, right? All enemies, foreign and domestic. That's the end of the oath. I'm not an enemy. I'm a citizen. 
You're not an enemy. You're a citizen. They were not enemies. Okay? We want to just be free. We have a right to vote for who we want. They had fairer elections in Afghanistan than they did in America. Anyways, I don't want to, I want to get off my soapbox here about that, but it just, the more that I think about it, the more angry it makes me. But this is the reality of where we are 20 years after 9-11, and it just goes to show that the people that want to destroy this country from without whether it's China, whether it's the radical Islamists who to this day, they hate our values. They don't want it. What are they doing in Afghanistan? What are they doing to women and girls? George Bush, are you going to say something about that? Right? Not here. There. That's what they're doing. So I don't really want to hear it. But 20 years after 9-11, you know, we have to just be reminded, as I played earlier, that freedom is never but one generation away from extinction. and It has to be fought for every day. But, Jim, I want to just sort of leave with one parting thought we have about a minute. Going forward, what is the suggestion for going forward to save America? Americans have to push back unlike any time before because for the first time we were dealing with a domestic situation. We're not dealing with a foreign situation. We're dealing with a change in form of government from a constitutional republic to a socialist communist government led by many, many politicians in our, in our, in our government, in our country. And th- we haven't done something like this since perhaps maybe the civil war. And I'm not about 30 seconds. Civil war, yeah. But we, we have got to, We've got to stand up for what the, what this regime is doing and, and, and what Congress is doing to the American people. They're going to turn us into slaves and yeah. they're doing methodology. The, the methodology is through the coronavirus and the masks and the mandates for, uh, the vaccine and everything else. This is about total control and Americans have got to push back and, and stand their ground and say, we're not going to, we're not going to support this. And okay. we've got to do that now. Yeah. Well, and here's, we're going to talk about this next week on the show how you can do that because we're about solutions. But you're listening to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Colonel Jim on this special 9-11 memorial. And we will be right back after the break. More Brooke Talks America coming up. Despite the ongoing horrendous threats to the very existence of our exceptional nation, I am encouraged by the increasingly bright ray of hope. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee, the federal government, particularly the executive branch, has numerous times shown its disdain toward Americans, both here and abroad, whether opening the southern border in order to endanger us or denying safe passage for U.S. citizens and Afghan Christians, obstructing our freedom of choice regarding the issue of taking a shot or not, and a host of other major and minor issues pushing our republic to the brink of utterly falling into the ash heap of history. Democrats in Congress recently broke our hearts by not allowing the names of 13 American heroes to be read by the congressional record. But through it all, the dark clouds of doom formed against us 
I see millions of sovereign citizens now refusing to participate or allow the leftists to destroy our nation from within. They are saying no to tyranny and yes to liberty. What say you? I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the RonEdwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Connect on Twitter at Brooke Talks USA. Here's Brooke Says. We have as our guest uh, Chris Hager. He has been active in local, state, and national politics for many years. And in 2018, he served as the veteran coalition coordinator for the uh, Ron DeSantis campaign. The Hagers are a Gold Star family. His son, Staff Sergeant Joshua Hager, it was an Army Ranger, U.S. Army Ranger, was killed in action on February 22nd, 2007 in Iraq. Uh, Josh is Chris's oldest son. Chris's son, Aaron, served 10 years in the U.S. Coast Guard after graduating from the University of Miami in 2005. And Carson is the youngest of the children. Um, Staff Sergeant Joshua Hager was a recipient of the Bronze Star and Purple Heart. And as he was familiar, he was familiar as saying, as the Rangers do, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. Rangers lead the way. Um, you know, as, as I talked with Captain Matt and Colonel Jim, and I mentioned with you, um, you know, I wanted to get a comprehensive perspective on what it was like that day and then what happened subsequent to that, which are the Afghanistan war and then later on the the Iraq war. The country is in a turmoil right now, and I really wanted to give the perspective of the frontline parents who have lost and served and sacrificed so much by giving of their children to serve the nation and then paying the ultimate sacrifice. I want to talk about your your son and then um, your perspective on that. So I want to welcome you to the show, Chris. Thanks very much for taking the time, and thank you for the idea of the show. Thanks. Absolutely. My pleasure. My privilege. Yesterday was such a tough day, and it's um, back in October of 2008, um, the TAPS organization, Tragedy Assistance Program yeah, for Survivors, great organization. asked me if I'd write a small, an article for them. And what I wrote was one year ago. Do you remember where you were specifically one year ago? Yeah. And at that time, my reflection was on when I was notified that Josh had been killed. But as we talked about this show, where were you on 9-11? I know exactly where I was on 9-11, and it's, it's kind of weird. I was in a hospital bed. I had been, They were trying to figure out what was wrong with me. Ended up nothing they could ever find out. But I was lying in a hospital bed in Charlotte County looking at the TV screen as it all started to unfold. Yeah. And I went, oh, my. Well, Josh was at Fort Bragg. He was 82nd Airborne, and I called him about, I got it through about three days later, and he said, Dad, the world has changed. Mm-hmm. They had already locked down the bases. And he would have known what was going to happen. Knew, he had no clue. He just knew his life was forever going to be different. Yeah. We didn't know that it would take a few years for that to unfold, um, but Colonel Jim can um, appreciate and even add more flavor to it. Josh went to ranger school, got his ranger tab, and they said, please stay and be a ranger instructor. Just as he got graduated from ranger school, there was something about Josh 
that the Army saw that he was someone who could equip and train other soldiers. And he did that for two and a half years, and he said to me, Dad, I can't stand this anymore. I'm training people to be rangers who have deployed two or three times. I've got to go. Wow. That's so always found, the case. Yeah, I fa- he found a unit, uh, the 1-9 out of uh, Fort Carson, wrote a transfer, took it to his commanding general, and said, you will sign this. And <laughs> his commander goes, okay, Sergeant Hager, and signed these. Um, transfer and he went to join the one nine yeah. and in august or october of 06 they did the process of um, deployment you know they go went through kuwait and he ended up in ramadi in the worst of um, the fighting in the whole of the iraq conflict um in 06 07 in ramadi yeah, yeah. and the world was ever forever different well, and how many tours did he do over there? Just one. Oh, wow. He was in 70-plus yeah. combat missions in 90 days. Wow, yeah. He was there in the prior to the beginning of what was officially called the surge. But we were told that, um, and comes full circle soon, Suleimani had put a bounty on his head, and his his head and his colonel's head, because they created an event that was kind of ground zero for the what became the surge. They rescued a bunch of women and children from a Sunni compound, killed all the bad guys, and the, the Sunni chief said, okay, I get it. You guys are for real. We'll now work with you. That started what became the surge. And Josh was killed not by an IED, but by what they call an ESP, an enhanced shaped projectile a bomb made specifically in Iran, financed by uh, monies um, through Suleimani, and they targeted him and killed him. So you must have been just beyond, you know, it wouldn't, it obviously wouldn't get your son back, but to know that Suleimani had been killed, you must have just been ecstatic. I was not only ecstatic, but I made a couple of phone calls and I got to spend 15 minutes holding Vice President Pence's hand as we shook hands and stood and talked quietly, and I got to say thank you. Yeah. Thank you, and please tell the president thank you. We had quite a moment. It was um, That was just last February. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it meant a lot. But here's, here's my reflection on, on this that is the most meaningful, Brooke. I always knew Josh was willing to die for his country. Oh, my God. What I realized reflecting on the years from 9-11 so 2007, it was more important he was willing to live for his country as an Army Ranger lives. 16-hour days. He worked a 12-hour day when it was his day off because they are always ready. There's no off time for a Ranger in terms of being prepared to defend his country. Mm-hmm. And what motivates him is that he didn't hate anybody. He loved his God. He loved his family, he loved his country, and he loved freedom. All those soldiers did what they did out of what they loved, not out of revenge or hatred. That's what sets us apart. That's what makes this time so remarkable, is you reflect on the love that people had when they go in. The godfather, George Corello, is a good friend of mine. He was on the seventh floor. They went into those things because of what their love was, not because of anger or hate. 
Yeah. That's my memory. That's that's my takeaway. Well, and the thing, you know, one of the things I'm a civilian, so I've never been in the military. I do have I do have uh, family members, you know, grand great uh, grandfather and great aunt uh, who were in the military and served overseas during World War II. Um, but as a civilian patriot, I I am a free woman in America because of the service and sacrifice of people like you and your family and, and that are continuing out there. And really from the very beginning, you know, and including animals, yes. by the way, you know, canine dogs, canine horses, Absolutely. animals, children, yep. women, family. The whole, there has been too much sacrifice for me to be here. And I talk with you and you have sacrificed and, you know, um, we, we owe it. I owe it to to you and all of the other Gold Star families. And, and a thing that I always mention, you know, and I, I talked about it with Matt, it's, you know, it's some it's one of the things that people don't really kind of think about or want to talk about is like there are also many combat veterans who come home and they commit suicide. So they have served served many times overseas and then they come home and they lose that they they're successful over there and then they come and lose the battle here. You know, they don't get. The young man, the young man who was tasked to put my son's body in the body bag, committed suicide. His suicide note said what he could not live with was having seen my son die. Yeah, you know, it's his best friend died from a heroin overdose just three years ago. It keeps on giving to us. Yeah. This this condition never gets better. It gets different. Being able to share with people makes a difference, but it's never better. Well, and that's, you know, that's the thing we need to, we need to reflect. There are obviously needs that need to be met now, but we need to reflect and, and people need to understand there is nowhere else to go, right? This is the country and this is a great country. Nobody discards their family members because their family members aren't perfect. And yet somehow or another, the American experience and the the American ideal is, is somehow supposed to be discarded and put away because we're not perfect. There is too much service and sacrifice that has been t- done, too much bloodshed, too much, too many injuries and everything for us to just let it be taken away. And that's why I wanted to share your story and share Colonel Jim and Captain Matt and, and for all of the other Gold Star, you know, I have a, a friend of mine on Facebook. She has three children. She birthed three children. She lost a son in Afghanistan. He was killed in action in Afghanistan. And two years later, her daughter committed suicide because she couldn't take the grief of her brother having been killed. So she's left with one child. This woman gave two children to the war. You know, you've seen the stories about in World War II, some families gave all of their children to the war. That we have to fight. My mission as a civilian patriot who loves her country and, and enjoys the, you know, the benefits of freedom at the at, because of the cost paid by other people is to continue to fight for this country and never forget. I think I hope now that people can see from that experience and that we were just given a brighter light of understanding about what we need to do to preserve this country for to honor their service and sacrifice and to pave the way for a free country for the generations to come. If there's no memory, there's no gratitude. And without gratitude, there's no appreciation. We cannot let the memory slip away. Yes, absolutely. And Chris, I want to thank you so much. God bless you and your family. Give Chris our best. Uh, give Wendy our best. I'm sorry. Um, and- I will do so. And God bless you and your family and all Gold Star families. Thank you so much for sharing your experience with us on the show today.
It's an honor and a pleasure. And also a reminder of the Shanksville, you know, to the brave souls that fought to take down that plane in the in the Shanksville uh, field. You know, um, as we go forward after our contemplation of 9-11, remembering what happened uh, and thinking about how unified the country was on 9-12, I think it's really important that we never forget. Not only do we never forget, but that we don't sanitize the horrific brutality of that day. You know, now a lot of, when you look on Google, a lot of it is about the lights that are on and the, you know, the 9-11 memorial and everything, and that's really good and important. But we need to look at those. People jumped out of buildings that day, okay? they The buildings collapsed. People died and were horrifically murdered by people who want to take this country down. And we really need to keep that in mind, who those people are. And some of those are in our own country, by the way. Okay, we have domestic terrorism happening right now in our own country. We need to remember that we owe all of those people who have served and sacrificed, as I said multiple times, to keep fighting for our country from those who would seek to destroy it, right? And to make this a more perfect union for everyone, but not in the way of socialism, but as a constitutional republic, we need to choose freedom, not handouts, not giveaways, not it's socialism will never work. It hasn't worked anywhere else. It only leads to chaos and misery. And we owe it to those people not to let that happen. You know, I want to end the show with a moving rendition of Amazing Grace, followed by taps. So as we go on through this day in honor and remembrance and think about what has happened over the past year and the past 20 years and everything that's going on in our country. I hope we will resolve to continue to defend freedom, hopefully more strongly than we have seemingly over the past few years. We are Freedom must be defended always. Reagan said it. You heard it. Always, every day. There's never a time when the beasts The beasts of the darkness of the enemy are at the door. They're always at the door. And we have to defend freedom always. Once the light goes out, you can't get it back. This is a world now where they can shut the lights down with a click of a switch. We have to fight forever. You're listening to Brook Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Colonel Jim. God bless you. God bless your families. Pray for all of those that are still in harm's way. And may God bless America. 